Welcome to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive, featuring conversations with performing artists and industry influencers on what it takes to succeed in the arts. I am your host, Diane Foy, and I believe that you really can make a living from your creative talents. As a publicist, podcaster, and coach, my mission is to educate, motivate, and empower you to thrive with authenticity, creativity, and purpose. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. How is everyone doing with the ending of 2020? What a crazy year this has been. For me, I'm trying to work on my mindset for the changes I want to make in 2021 and all that I want to accomplish. I'm always go, 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 looking ahead, looking ahead. But I will take some time to review the last year and celebrate what I've accomplished this year. I've hit a point in my life that I'm not letting anything stop me from achieving my goals. And by anything, I mean myself. (laughs) We stop ourselves in so many ways, don't we? We don't always acknowledge it as such, though. Often the things that we procrastinate on, dismiss as not important, or avoid altogether are the very things we should be facing head on. This year, I've pushed my comfort zone and focused on doing the work that my coaches lay out for me to succeed. I started to think that I only had one major block left holding me back to tackle. Yeah. (laughs) And new ones come up. Uh, My main one was I need to get camera confident so that I can create videos, courses, and go live on social media. That is my missing link. And to be able to serve more of you, more musicians and actors, to help you succeed the way my coaches help me. And I've been procrastinating on that forever. So I started looking into Facebook Live challenges and camera confident coaches to potentially hire. I'm working on it. And you will see me on video throughout 2021. Then in a virtual retreat, my guest from episode 55, Katie Chen Mazzara, came on to talk financial freedom for creatives. I initially started to tune out, (laughs) which is what I do or what we'd all do when we're faced with those things that we avoid. She started talking about the money blocks and childhood experiences that hold us back from achieving financial freedom. And I began to feel my entire body shut down. It was intense. I was crying. (laughs) While I watched her coach someone else in the group, I felt a real connection to the person that she was coaching, had a lot of similarities, and I just knew I had to work with Katie. So I will be in that uh, financial freedoms for creatives club for 
all of 2021 tackling my money issues and money blocks. Then while I'm on a session with a presentation coach, we went through a similar 10-year visioning exercise that I coach my clients through. He had a great follow-up exercise. He asked, what things do I need to become now to make the future vision a reality? And maybe it was just the way he said it, because I think I do the same thing and <laughs> with my clients. It's like, okay, what part, what can you do now to put you on the way to achieving the future vision? But I sat with that for a while. What things do I need to become now to make the future vision a reality? And I'm like, I'm already tackling. Uh, financials done. <laughs> or I'm set up. And camera confidence, presenting confidence. And I'm set to tackle all the business things that I, I need to do. And But I realized that another thing that I avoid is health and fitness. I am healthy and fit in my future vision. But I was procrastinating on making it a priority. And that's a thing, like I'm so go, go, go about my business career and helping people that I kind of don't make my own health a priority, which is horrible, I know. But I did, I wasn't thinking that it was preventing me from achieving. And uh, so there we go. Now I will make it a priority and I have that new motivation because... I have to be healthy to accomplish all that I want to accomplish and to enjoy the life that I'm working towards. So health and fitness added to my list of priorities. It's a long list. So there you have it. I just shared all my issues with you. <laughs> okay, not all. But it's more than enough to tackle for now. So I'll have to, again, also tackle organizing and scheduling and and all that. I'm just a sponge. I just want to learn it all. But I hope my sharing has inspired you to think about what things you are procrastinating on. What are you dismissing as not important or I don't want to bother with that or or avoiding altogether? If you'd like to do the 10-year vision exercise, listen to episode 36 of this podcast. I go through it there. Then ask yourself, what things can you start to work on now to put you on track to achieving future vision? If you're an actor, maybe setting yourself up to self-tape auditions is something you're procrastinating on. Whether it's procrastinating on actually getting the equipment and setting it up or procrastinating on just learning how to get it better. I was excited to interview Mel Mack, casting director and founder of Mel Mack Acting Studio in New York City. We had such a great conversation on how the acting industry has evolved this year. We talked about coaching and we get a little fangirl at the end. <laughs> at the heart of it, we are fans. We are fans of you performers, and that's why we do what we do. So 
Back to self-taping, you may have had to submit your audition as a self-tape occasionally in the past, but now literally all your auditions and callbacks are being held remotely via self-tape. Even if you're not an actor, I bet you a basket of cute kittens that you're spending a lot more time on camera these days. Having a killer self-tape that looks and sounds professional reflects right back on your personal professionalism. And Mel has seen more than her fair share of disappointing self-tape submissions from actors, who she knows are much better than the self-tape would suggest. She's created a guide for you, and it's so juicy. I'm so thrilled to share it with you. Mel's Six Pillars to Self-Tapes That Don't Suck ebook is now available for free. If you've been wondering how to step up your game on camera, know exactly what you need to invest in, stop wasting time and energy on materials that don't reflect your best professional you, grab the guide by clicking the link in the show notes to get it into your inbox immediately. Without further ado, I don't know if I've ever actually said that, here is my conversation with Mel. Hello, welcome to the show. Hi, Diane. Thanks for having me. I've been wanting to have a casting director on the show. I've had some acting coaches, uh, which you are as well, uh, but casting director, it's that secret that all the actors want to know. They want to know <laughs> everything about you and what you look for and how can they get on your radar. Right. How can yeah. they get on your radar? <laughs> what is it that... Um, what kind of shows and projects are you working on now to cast? So for me, I've always worked in the commercial casting area. Okay. And, you know, as an actor, because I was an actor back in the day out in Los Angeles, a working actor, um, I always poo-pooed commercials. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't care about commercials. I just want to be on a television show. And it's amazing over the, 25 years that I've been in the industry on both sides of the camera, how many famous actors have come out of commercial spots? Yeah. <laughs> I really have changed my tune on that. And it's a job. It's a job <laughs> that can, you know, pay some bills. It's a job that can not only pay some bills, but it also gets you seen. Yeah. And, you know, in the commercial world, what I love and what I didn't know when I first got into being a casting director for commercials was so many television and film directors do commercials in their downtime. Yeah. In between projects, they get to work in a different medium, a different format, a different maybe style of shooting, you know, and it's a quick turnaround time for them. Yeah. So that's great to be able to work with. There's one comedy director that I'm thinking about and it's so awesome to work with him in the room because he really knows comedy because those are the kind of movies that he shoots. Right. So working, he usually will, he has a certain type and you can tell from his movies, you know, what his type is in the commercial room. Right. And so it's really fun to work with directors, you know, that are working in different mediums. And I always tell actors that like, you never know who you're going to meet in the commercial room, you know, during your callback or when you book that job on set, 
and guess what? It's a, it's a small industry. So people remember you, right? People remember not only good acting, but also good attitude. So I, what I say. Yeah. It's all about relationships and who, you know, and uh, yeah. if you make a good impression just because you're cool to work with goes a long a way. Thousand, a thousand percent. I mean, can you imagine hanging out on set for a week with somebody that you just can't stand? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't. So if an actor wanted to get into commercials, what would be their steps? How do they do that? That's a great question. You know, I was just teaching a workshop last night and there were quite a few actors in that workshop who don't have an agent. And I don't think you have to have an agent to, to book work. I certainly didn't back in the day. And you know, somebody had asked me yesterday, gosh, I really want to start working in commercials. What do I do? And I said, you know, this was casting director workshops were available to me as an actor way back when, you know, and now they're becoming standard to build a relationship to actually get in front of casting so that they can see your work, right? It's better than a headshot and resume, I say, and it's an investment. So getting in front of a casting director to, you know, in a casting director Zoom workshop now, I think is the best investment that you can make for yourself because you also get to build a relationship with that casting director. Yeah, it's not just learning, it's making relationships too. And I, I've been doing that a lot too, taking part in online virtual conferences. And even if it's you know, the topics, I already know everything because <laughs> I'm industry. I'm not the artist. And, uh, but it's been great just to meet more artists that I can work with and just, uh, you know, connect with people that way. Absolutely. You know, it should, I always forget, you know, our life should be, our journey should be fun. Right. And in, in meeting new people, I think is such an opportunity to expand our, our community. Yeah. And so how would someone get on your radar or just any casting directors, like besides the, if they don't necessarily offer like workshops, what are some other ways? Like, do you like it or hate it when people reach out to you on social media? I don't mind when people reach out to me. I think the, you know, I work at house casting in New York city and we're really open to meeting new actors. If somebody finds out about us, you know, the whole deal is just, you have to figure out our email, right? Yeah. <laughs> our email address. Uh, I don't mind people reaching out. It's, it's all about how you reach out. I yeah. think a lot of times as creatives, we have to meld our creative brain with our business brain. So thinking, you know, how would I reach out to a business if I wanted a job? Yeah. So for me, you know, a lot of times actors will, it's amazing. Some of the emails I get where people don't put a lot of thought into it. You know, they forget to sign their name. There isn't like, hi, how are you? Or I get this huge, long, lengthy email that I just don't have time to read. And I'm the type of person where I get back to everybody. Maybe not right away, but I feel like that's my job. But, you know, an actor who can reach out to me in a professional way that attaches their headshot and resume, if they have, uh, you know, a clip or a reel of any kind, I'm open to, to watching that. I, 
I won't give feedback and critique and all of those things, but if it's somebody that I feel like has a good commercial look, I definitely put them in my folder. Yeah. It's just being professional and doing your research. Yeah. You know, if you're going to reach out to someone, um, I try to coach artists to not do the cold email, like really learn about who you're going to reach out to, Mm -hmm. you know, do a little internet stalking, like find out what are they casting these days? What do else do they do? What are, can you build relationships with them on social media? Are they active on Instagram or wherever? And Mm -hmm. that way, when you do do the more pitch email, maybe they'll recognize your name. Right. Yeah, right. And, you know, I, for me, you know, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I would much rather see somebody's performance. I'd much rather see them, you know, right now, obviously, we're in zoom rooms, I'd much rather see them in a zoom audition workshop, you know, than them just cold reaching out to me, it gives me a better sense of who the person is, I get a better energy of, of who they are, you know? Yeah, there's no fast track. You can't skip the line. You got to yeah. do your work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think, well, I think, you know, sometimes you can skip the line and that comes down to like the relationships that you're not only building, but that you're keeping. Yeah. Right. And it's because it is a small business. I think that it's even more important to really stay in touch with casting directors that you do meet. And if you have a good community of actors, hey, you know what? I went in, you know, for a job over at House Casting. Maybe you should just reach out to them and see if they're open for you to send them their stuff. Why not? Yeah. Be supportive of your fellow actors. And again, it depends on the casting office. Yeah. Everybody has different tastes, you know, and so I think that's also something to pay attention to. Cool. And then you also have like an acting coaching um, studio. I have a a television and film acting studio, even though I work in commercials, Uh, just because I have experience from the television world as an actor. I learned some really great techniques over the past two decades. And one of the things that I felt I could give actors when I first moved to New York from LA was what I had learned on set and what I had learned from multiple teachers over the years to really be able to work in television time, which is to be able to take direction quickly on set. So the technique that I teach allows actors to be able to get, you know, get to where the director needs them to be in a short amount of time. And how long have you had your acting studio? Wow. You know, it started off on a whim. <laughs> now it's been uh, eight years later. Yeah. And it's it's been really exciting for me, Diane, to watch actors that have come to me, you know, with no agents and maybe just starting out or just getting out of, you know, a theater program. And really, it takes about a year or two for them to really you know, keep their nose to the grindstone and do the work and end up with not only maybe one agent, but multiple agents or an agent and a manager, or I'm thinking about one actor I had who started with me, who didn't have anything. And then he's been with me about six years and, you know, booked a Spielberg film, you know, booked a a bunch of network television. I mean, that's mostly the case for a lot of actors that come to my studio. So that's great. I love that. I love watching that process with everybody. 
Yeah, and you can see that they're you're actually making a difference. Yeah, it's really cool, you yeah. know. And how did you get into all this? Was it something that you always wanted to do since you were a ch child to get to get into acting? No, no, no. I wanted to be a veterinarian. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I was I was living in Florida and. Uh, I was working at Hooters, believe it or not. And okay. <laughs> you know, like, if people were like, you know, Mel, you should really get into commercials. You're really funny. I was like, okay, let, let me try that. And so I just looked for a theater class to get into in Davie, Florida. And then I found a workshop place. They, they were just starting out. And I did a lot of workshops there. And you know, after about three years, I knew I want to be on a multi-camera sitcom. You know, I want to be in Los Angeles. And, you know, I had found a manager, found an agent after a while and booked a lot of really good stuff when I look back on it. And then I took a workshop with Mark Hirschfeld over at NBC and he was head of casting at the time. He cast uh, Seinfeld and he said, you know, I, I really think you'd do great out in Los Angeles for pilot season. I was like, okay, I don't know what that is, but let's do it. <laughs> so I packed my bags and I flew out to LA and got set up with an agent and they ended up signing me and I just hit the ground running for pilots and it was crazy. I had no training and zero training. <laughs> I was like, this is just instinct. Yeah. Yeah. So, There's so many different journeys, you know, some people study their whole lives and then other people are just like, you, you just get into it and things happen. Yeah. And things, yeah. And things happen. And then after a while, you know, I, I booked, I booked a bunch of stuff and, uh, you know, I booked Will and Grace, I booked 90210, the original, uh, yeah. uh NCIS, Criminal Minds, um, a film or two, some national commercials. And I, was working at the acting studio where I was taking class and somebody, I was so broke. I was so sick of being so broke and I was working so many jobs and somebody in my class was like, Hey, my wife works at this casting place. They need some help passing out flyers for this Pampers commercial. I was like, okay, what's the rate? And I about fell over when they told me it was like, you know, more than I made in a week. It might oh, really? <laughs> I was to like, hand hey, out I'm flyers. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm totally in. And then I wound up working for Liz Paulson, who is now vice president of Fox casting, but she has her own commercial casting as well. Uh, she works with this woman named Mel. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to teach you how to run camera because you have an acting background. And I think that'll really meld well together in the room. And I said, okay, great. And my first job was she flew us to a, they flew us to Aruba because we had the Aruba campaign and it was awesome. Wow. And I just really liked being in the room with actors. I understood how actors felt. I understood what it felt from their point of view being in the audition room. Um, and I, I wanted, you know, I learned how to be really supportive, but also able to direct them in a way to get what the client needed which was great. So I worked there for seven years. I worked for a bunch of different casting in Los Angeles, but mainly for, for Liz. And then I moved with house casting in LA when they opened there. And then when I moved to New York, I've been with them for 11 years now. Wow. And yeah. was there it a conscious decision to not 
act anymore or is it just you couldn't make a living at it? No, I, you know, that's such a good question because I never, I can't think of a moment when I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I, f- I was always really bored on set. I'm like, oh God, all this sitting around. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I just think I wanted to try something different and I'll still, you know, I'll still go out for things if I feel like I'm right for it now that I'm older and I don't have the same, you know, we change, right? Our needs change. So I don't know. I don't, I think it'll always be in my bones. I just did a national commercial in August. So I don't know. That also keeps me kind of with my finger on the pulse for not only my acting studio, but also for casting. Yeah. Yeah. You got to still be, be in it yourself. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I I, I think that's true. You know, and I, I just got in an acting class over the summer. I was like, you know, other people do this for their business, right? Yeah. Other people like have people teach them. So that's been really fun for me to get back into that. It's, it's made me a better teacher and a better coach for sure. Yeah. I think no matter what you do, you have to kind of keep, you're continuously learning new things and hearing maybe someone else that does what you do, but you look, they come at it at a, from a different place. You know, it's really interesting to see how someone else does it as well. Yeah. Yeah. How you can, I'm, I'm sure we've all had this happen where you've studied with somebody for a while or you're in their coaching group for a while and then you, you know, move on to somebody else and they're both speaking the same language, but for some reason you finally hear it. Right. Yeah. From that other person. Yeah. I think when you're looking for a coach, that's important you, that you vibe with them, that somehow they speak your language. Yeah. And I think that, I think, I think, you know, from an acting point of view, I really, you know, my dream clients are people that want to do the work that, you know, are, are good and that I can tell that are just good humans, you know, and that they're in it to win it. And they understand that it's a journey. The biggest thing for me is that, you know, showing up for yourself. So you also have a book, 101 Audition Tips. When did that come out? And wow. that. That came out over the summer. One of my actors, gosh, now it must be three years ago, four years ago. uh, He slipped this beautiful note under the door of my studio and had said, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm also a ghostwriter. I've learned so much in your class the past two years. I would really like to ghostwrite a book with you. I was like, really? (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, we worked on that for about a year and a half. And when COVID hit, we said, you know what, we got, we have to add in these, you know, self-tape tips because I was just learning at rapid speed. Like, you know, self-taping has been around for a while, but now it really is in demand. So we just added like a little addendum there for people that need self-tape tips. And the whole idea was it was supposed to be a little bit smaller so that people could put it in their back pocket and actually take it to their audition. Right. Right. Because I think that we know, oh, I know how to do this. Oh, I know how to do that. But it really is a compilation of tips that I wanted to give actors like, hey, before you go in the room, remember this. It's basic, but 
remember to like use the audition waiting room. Now it's the Zoom waiting room to prepare yourself. You know, hey, remember that, you know, for, for a Pepsi commercial, maybe you want to dress the colors of the product. Hey, remember that, you know, you need to be off book and know the story. Just basic things, you know? Yeah, sometimes you forget. <laughs> you forget. And you need a little quick refresher. You don't have time to. So each each page is a tip. You know, it's not it's something that you can just kind of pick up and flick through and turn to a page and you get a nice, beautiful tip to take into your audition. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so with self-taping, it's such a huge uh, thing now. Um, so you were saying that it's been around for a while. Mm -hmm. Now it's kind of the norm because it has to be. But where did it come in before? Why would someone self-tape before? Well, you would self-tape if you were on set and you couldn't get to the audition. You would self-tape if you were in L.A. and we were in New York, right? right? Or you were in Canada uh, or you were in London and we needed to see a self-tape. Um if the director's on set and they don't, you know, for whatever reason, your schedule's not matching up and your request, you know, people would send a self tape. Right. And so um, now that it's gotcha. the norm, <laughs> <laughs> what are some tips of how, you know, I, I, I know a lot of actors that didn't have like a setup before, but then COVID hit. And then all of a sudden, everyone's buying ring lights and <laughs> setting right. up a little studio. Um, so how can someone start to set up something in their place about to self-tape? You know, this is great. I um, For anybody that wants to, you know, email, email our office, info at melmacactingstudio.com. We have a really good... Um, freebie that's coming out next well when this come when this uh podcast comes out when this episode comes out that puts together these really great tips for people because what i found is the biggest thing because i also teach a killer self-tape course that i started right at the beginning of covid uh because people just didn't have a clue or they'd been trying to piece together things that they had found on youtube so this five-week course i mean people booked work right after the course just because they gained this confidence, you know, they didn't have this confidence and the ability to set up their equipment or how to light themselves or, you know, how do you choose out of the bazillion self tapes, right? That you've shot, which one should you send to casting? And I feel a lot of people were lacking like the, the right way to do things. I hate saying the right way, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, you know, the biggest tips that I could give today are, what I look for in a self-tape sounds pretty basic, but it makes a big difference. I mean, just two days ago, I looked at 160 self-tapes. So imagine I'm, if I'm working three to four days a week, I'm looking at 500 self-tapes a week. So I really get to see a consistent thing with people is they don't know how to frame themselves correctly. And again, it sounds so basic, but being in the middle of a frame for commercial casting specifically and delivering directly to camera for commercials is the biggest mistake I see actors make, right? So 
That's, that's just, that's the number one thing that's sticking out in my head right now. Uh, lighting is huge. If we can't see your eyes, you don't have the right setup. You have to invest. You know, if, if I, if just think if I'm seeing 500, my coworker is looking at 500 because we're doing, let's say five jobs, you know, we're all looking at, you know, a ton of tapes in a week. We're probably looking at like 2,500 to 3,000 tapes a week. If each of us is working on a job in my office. So, you know, for actors that are thinking like, oh, this self-tape thing is going to go away. I don't think it is at all. So not investing in the right equipment is, is, I think it's just, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. I think that's a reminder for a lot of artists is that you do have to invest, you know, it's in any other career, you invest so much time in, in, uh, education and equipment whatever it is that you do for a living so the same goes with an artist you need to invest in order to succeed in the future you have to do the get the right light instead of getting a light that's going to break down in six months get you know they're not even that expensive 150 bucks there you go (laughs) yeah they're not and you know i always what i tell people in my in this five-week class is I'm like, look, guys, it's up to you what kind of career you want to have, right? I'm just your guide in this course. So, you know, investing in the right equipment is the first step. I'm also very budget conscious because Mm -hmm. I was an actor, because I used to have three jobs. I don't think that you have to break the bank to get really good equipment, professional looking equipment. I think the goal should be to look like an A-lister, right? When you're sending in your self-tape. Yeah. And I think that's easy to do. I think it's easy to get a professional tape. What I find is a lot of people who come to my course, I have um, I have an evergreen course, like it's a go at your own pace that people can take on their own. Right. But this five-week course is where I'm actually there and coaching people and they get sides each week. And each week I notice, you know, not only does their acting, or do they become more confident in their acting, they become way more confident in their setup. You know, I have a lighting specialist come in and we talk about lighting on each person's individual setup. Uh, and I can just really see them start to bloom. You know, by by week five, we're all feeling awesome. You know, we're connecting in the Facebook community. People are posting questions in there. Hey, I need help with this. And that's another thing that I find, Diane, is that especially during COVID, we really need to be building our, our communities, right? Our artist communities. Yeah. Yeah. And support each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it just takes time to, you know, invest in yourself and invest in a coach that will show you how to do it too. You know, we can all spend forever trying to figure out things on your own, but sometimes it's just worth it to, you know, enroll in a course like yours or hire a coach to walk you through it. It just gets you where you want to go faster. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I find like I'm in a I'm in a, a coaching group that, well, that's how we met. We're in the same coaching yes, group. <laughs> and I found that, you know, this this kind of go at your own pace course that our coach has created. It's been so helpful for me. You know, today I was watching a video for the third time and I love having access to that. Because yeah. it just keeps me fresh and it reminds me. And and I think, we, you know, now that we're all kind of homebound for a little bit, I think having these online courses 
kind of right at your fingertips is just awesome. Yeah. And you can do it when you have the time or no matter what time of day it is, or, you know, you don't have to actually leave your house and go to a class. (laughs) Right. Right. And yeah. yeah. So some weeks maybe you have more time and you really dive in other weeks. You just got to, you know, watch some things when you have a chance. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to what you said, like it's been instrumental for me to also be investing in, in our, you know, in this coach that, I get to see three times a month. Yeah. You know? Cause I'm the kind of person where I'm like, am I really going to do it unless somebody's holding me accountable? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I think, I think you're right. Investing in a good coach that can, that can take you through the steps so that you can knock it out of the park. Yeah. And sometimes you have to, you know, learn from doing. And I've spent way too many years trying to figure it all out myself, (laughs) you know, and, but you get what you can from that. And then at some point, it's time to invest in a coach or program. And then once you do, then you keep adding more coaches, (laughs) or at least I do. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, I I don't know how many coaches I have right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to join uh, Katie's um, program as well and deal with my money issues. <laughs> I know I'm in that too. I can't. Cool. Oh gosh. I was like, yep, I need this. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then you get the support too, right? Cause oh. I've met so many amazing people through our coaching program. I've had, all the actors on the show, or at least there's still a few more I got to reach out to. Um, but because she used to coach actors, there's a lot of actors in the group. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, huh, I got to Google this person's name. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Come on, my show. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's a great community. So, yeah, that's in addition to, you know, what you learn from these courses that you can find online right it's the community well as well as like your fellow students we're helping each other out yeah absolutely and you know and I think just having being able to have continual access to to a group is is essential especially right now not just for the artist part but also for you know our mental our mental health yeah yeah it keeps you accountable and then you can have someone to connect with and to ask your questions and to work through some things if you're struggling with something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you have so many wonderful resources for actors. Um, I will include links to all of it in the show notes. And what is your why? Why do you do what you do? My why I do what I do because I love actors. I appreciate the work that it takes to go into building a career. I love inspiring actors. I love watching them succeed on their journey and really obtaining the goals that they set for themselves. I just think it's I just love it. I love, I love what they bring to the work. I love what they bring to class. I just, I don't know. I just, it, I just really, really feel lucky 
you know, to be around such creative people on a daily basis. Yeah, I think that's, that's very similar to my why too. It's like, you know, it's exciting. And it's, you know, I've just loved performers so much that yes, they look to us to teach them things and guide them and help them out and inspire them. But they also inspire us. Oh, a, a thousand. Percent. I mean, I kind of blame my mom for this because when I was a kid, she really, you know, she, I grew up in Buffalo and we would go to Shays there. And I remember we must've seen the King and I like 50,000 times with Yul Brenner. And as a kid, I'm like, I don't know who that is. And wow. she, she made us wait in the alleyway until he came out. And then <laughs> she kind of stalked him into this restaurant that was next door. And so we all ended my dad and my mom and I, we all ended up eating at this restaurant that he was at. And he, I wanted to say that somebody was playing something on the piano. My mom's like, you're going to go sing to Yul Brenner. I'm like, who? I was like, (laughs) all right. And we're not even a singer, you know, but I got up there and he just thought it was the best thing and gave me his autograph, which of course made my mom like faint. <laughs> but from that moment on, when we went to go see him again uh, in the show, it was such a, it had made such an impact meeting him like just on a personal level. And then seeing him on the stage, it was like, wow, you know, yeah. wow, look at this guy, look what he does. It was just so cool. I think that's usually the core is that we're fans. And, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've worked with a lot of amazing uh, performers, and I'm still a fan. So I'm still like giddy that oh my god, I can't believe I'm in this room. I can't believe I'm standing backstage with this band, and <laughs> everyone else would kill to be where I am. <laughs> it's just like it's exciting. It yeah. it you know, it's you know in the casting room it happens all the time. You know we'll get stars that'll come in for voiceovers or you know mainly voiceovers and judith light came into work one day and my boss was like hey mel so you're gonna put her you're gonna put judith light on she's coming in i'm like oh no i'm not i'm not putting her no way i'm not doing that (laughs) and he's like what do you mean i'm like i cannot i cannot put judith light who i love i can't wait i'm not gonna be able to direct her what are you talking about (laughs) and so of course she comes there and my boss totally outs me to her and she's like, Mel, give me a hug. I'm like, wait, what? What what's going on right now? She's like, I can't wait for you to direct me. You know, and she's like, Do you want to get a photo? I was like, Really? <laughs> <laughs> and it just feels, you know, God, I'm like, I'm being such a weird fan right now. But yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know, it, it, she just made me realize, like, you know, she really appreciated that. I think also because I was just so honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so yeah. amazing. Fandom is real, Diane. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Still got to pinch ourselves sometimes. It's, <laughs> it's why we do it, but then it's also like, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's all good. Yeah. I'd like to go back to my teenage self and tell some of my stories. <laughs> She'd be like, what? Yeah. You're actually friends with that person? <laughs> right? Right? kind of crazy. Yeah. Mm, I love it. Yeah. Well, I guess because at the end of the day, you also just realize, hey, this is just a person, you know, once yeah. that kind of in that veneer yeah. you know, fades away, you're like, all right, now we can just like talk like yeah. normal. Now we're cool. <laughs> yeah. 
And then you see them perform again. You're like, holy crap. Like, oh God, I gotta go through it again. <laughs> it's like, whoa, <laughs> right. I forgot he was that talented. Or, right. You know. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, that it's been wonderful chatting with you and you gave so many great, you know, tips and resources. Uh, anything else you would like to share? Gosh. I, you know, I, I, I'd like to just say to actors, you know, stay hopeful because the business really is, yes, it is changing, but there's work out there. And, you know, I feel like if you can really change with what's, if you can make the changes that are necessary to be able to thrive in this kind of whole new world that we're working in, I really just think it benefits you. And we definitely see it on the casting side, actors that are, that are really um, kind of, you know, grasping this whole new concept and having fun with it. Yeah. You have to embrace change. That's another you really thing. Do. You really do. And so I think we're all, you know, we're all doing our best to do that and also to support one another through the processes, you know, or process. Is that a word? Processes. Processes. Okay. Thank you. We'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you. Yeah, this has been great. Yes, we are fangirls at the heart of it. Just so passionate about performing arts, and that's why we do what we do. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The podcast will be on a bit of a break for a couple weeks for the holidays. But come join me in the Unstoppable Musicians and Actors Facebook group. That's where I will be going live throughout 2021 and beyond. I will be doing it. You will see me. Come early to see me flub it all up in the first little while. And remember to download Mel's six pillars to self-tapes that don't suck. For links and a transcript, visit singdanceactthrive.com slash 058. Thanks for listening to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Be sure to join the mailing list at dianefoy.com to gain access to exclusive bonus content, a weekly newsletter, and an invitation to our private Facebook group of purpose-driven performing artists, and industry influencers. 